so I'm assuming that we're starting off with the book. Yes, yes, we are. Hey, everybody, this is Zach. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I didn't. Usually, give me a countdown. No, you're okay. good. You're good. <laughs> I thought you were doing your thing. <laughs> Uh, no, that's to, perfect. You just to do me, do me dirty like that. I see. <laughs> I see how it is. You're just going to throw me into the fire. Uh, <laughs> well, let's keep on going. Oh, yeah. well, we'll keep on going. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I hit record and we were doing counting. Yeah, well, and I was doing counting. Yeah. You were still chatting, and I was like, okay, you know, I just want to make sure I got my my notes correct, and I was like, ah. I, uh, guess I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Let's let's start with the book for a peek behind the curtain for everyone. We normally record these in batches of two to just kind of make sure we have some filler. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, I'm Zach. <laughs> I'm confused, but I'm also Stuart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, today we're we're talking about the uh, it's a, the book the book club episode. It's uh, on. Uh, uh, Stewart's pick last time, yes. um, and it is Douglas Adams' The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy from 1979. Yeah, yeah so um, I'm curious. Uh, I'm sure you've read this book before. This was yes. your first time, your oh, first yeah. rodeo. Um, how many times have you read this book before? Oh, uh, so I read it, let's see, I've read it probably, if I had to guess, maybe seven or eight times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, like I, so when I was a, a wee small lad, um, mm -hmm. my dad basically was going through a bunch of his old, like stuff in storage, um, help helping my grandmother clean out her house. And, yeah. uh, one of the things he picked out was this, uh, this big like footlocker and it was filled with old, like sci-fi and fantasy, like paperbacks from like, cool. The sixties huh. through early eighties, right? Or maybe late seventies. And this was in one of his his or one of the book the footlockers, and he was just like, Here, go for it. So your grandmother <laughs> or your grandmother also wrote this? No, 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 no. no. She she was just holding on to this this uh, footlocker of books uh, of oh. my dad's and he was just helping her clean out a bunch of stuff from her garage and, and attic and it's just one of those things that you know it stays in an attic and you don't think about it for 20 years and yeah <laughs> yeah but when, um, I, when i first picked up this book i was in um middle school i believe yeah um, same same it, yeah it was um it was definitely during my kick of sci-fi and fantasy uh i believe it was the librarian that actually recommended the book to me Oh, like, really? Yeah, it wasn't anyone in my family, nor was it any of my friends or anything along those lines. I believe I had just finished up The the Hobbit, and I was struggling a little bit on reading The Lord of the Rings, because it's hmm. definitely, you know, I feel like it's, it is a, a challenge up. Like, The Hobbit's a little bit more accessible and easier to read. Yeah, I mean, The Hobbit and was it, designed as, like, a kid's story for his kid. Like, a like a, a bedtime story for his yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, this was kind of, like, the era of me learning to enjoy reading. So yeah. I had started reading Lord of the Rings, and I just realized that it was a little bit not as accessible to me as the hobbit 
So I had um, spoken to the librarian and asked if uh, they knew of a particular sci-fi book that would be, you know, appropriate for me. And the librarian also knew me pretty well yeah. and knew that, you know, I enjoyed like humor and everything along those lines. So they recommended Hitchhiker's Guide and I fell in love with the book. I really enjoyed, you know, reading the book. I even uh, got the um, the audiobook just to sort of oh, listen okay. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I forget who the narrator was, but it was a, a British fella. And um, I just remember it being hilarious uh, because, surprise, surprise, there's a lot of British humor in this book. There, there is, there is. Um... And uh, personally, I'm, I'm assuming you probably didn't find it unaccessible. Like you've, you've watched some like British comedies. Oh, yes. Yeah, like so this is this is one of those books that I always think goes into the the nerd toolbox of any any uh young person that finds um you know Blackadder or uh, Monty Python or you know, the Hitchhiker's Guide <laughs> things yeah. like that like all of those creator uh Fry and Fry and Laurie or the world according to Fry and Laurie like anything that's that's comedy based from england from like the 70s through the 80s is all kind of similar enough humor like it's just a little bit of, uh off kilter i guess yeah yeah um and it all like i could definitely see this book being a skit in in a flying circus episode for example yeah where it kind of has that um a bit of that dry humor yeah, there's a layer of absurdity while also, like you said, being really, really dry. Um, yeah, which I think lends lends the uh, lends well to the book. Um, when I was reading it as a child, I I thought it was hilarious, and then rereading it, you kind of pick up on a couple of jokes that you probably yeah, just kind missed. of go over your head. <laughs> I mean, a lot with, like, the, um, the government and, like, a lot of red tape and things along those lines. Um, yeah. The robot sort of contemplating its own existence and everything along those lines, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and um, you know, it's it's not surprising that there's there's a lot that might go over your your head especially as like as a younger kid mm -hmm. um you know douglas adams kind of got his start i think that he he co-wrote a song on the holy grail the monty python and the holy grail soundtrack oh, so like he worked closely with those guys yeah like yeah. like british comedy for a while in the 70s was was like a pretty small circle mm -hmm. um and and so like he got his work there and then i th i think he i think he pivoted to doctor who under the fifth doctor oh i did not know that i, I, think I didn't know that yeah yeah oh, like he was a screenwriter so he he like he i want to say that he wrote a couple of episodes of the fifth doctor's doctor who That's um really cool. it might I be mean, sixth, um Truly, I've never seen any of the old Doctor Who's before. 
Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I've really only seen the sixth Doctor, the one in the um, leather coat. Oh, ninth. Ninth Doctor. Yeah, ninth. he's the ninth. Yeah. And then tenth was um, Tenet, right? Yes, tenth was yeah. Tenet. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, so... I, he um but yeah no like he got his start kind of doing doing that and then from um doctor who like he's very much like a a sci-fi person like some some other things that he's he's written are uh dirt gently um which was adapted i think um to bbc uh, mm. maybe another channel but it's um he wrote uh, Starship Titanic, uh, but this book specifically uh, started as a six-episode radio drama. Oh, yeah, yes, which is why it, it probably translates the audiobook fairly well. <laughs> it really does. Like um, again, you know, I've I've read the book a couple of times, and this was kind of when like audiobooks were becoming a big thing. Audacity was around, and yeah. You know, I remember, like, whenever you got anything off, like, Amazon or anything along those lines, they would give you, like, a bunch of Audacity points where you could, like, download just, like, very common books. And yeah. I remember that Hitchhiker's Guide was one of those books. I was like, oh, you know, I'll I'll, I'll download it and listen to it. And, yeah, it, it really lends well with the um, uh, audio um aspect of everything because there's a lot of conversations that just kind of like flow especially yeah. um oh i'm blanking on their name but um the politician in zephod yeah yeah hilarious character he is a smooth talking con man <laughs> <laughs> and no one would be surprised that I enjoy that kind of thing. Yeah, he's a he's a space pirate who's also a politician who's also a felon <laughs> <laughs> who is on the run from the law. Um, yeah, no, like this this book is wild. Like so, it and, and I keep saying book. Like, like I said, it started as a um, as a BBC Radio Four program, um, which is funny because apparently. Uh, it's not uncommon for works to get adapted by the BBC and then they get compiled into another format. Like um, Neil Gaiman wrote a, a, a mini series called Neverwhere and then oh, yeah. collected all that and put it into novel form. Um, but it's kind of like this and that like this was originally all just script based and then they mm -hmm. just novelized it. And they were just like, ah, we can make this into. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, like, this is kind of one of those enduring properties that, that keep um, being released in, in a variety of different media. So, like, it's mm -hmm. been adapted to stage. Um, there are sequel novels to this that are in yeah, the... I, I actually haven't read any of those sequel novels, which is... They're... <sighs> I, yeah, I hear not not super great things about them they're of varying quality like it's like it don't get me wrong i think it's hilarious that they're that he has called it the hitchhikers trilogy when mm -hmm. there's six books yeah. um it's just one of those things that i find funny yeah. <laughs> but honestly i think that a lot of them could have been condensed 
yeah. even further and they're not very long to begin with like so so this one is what like 190 200 pages something like that yeah, it's it's not a um it's not a long book and again it's it's very easy to read um i feel like yeah. it's, it's mainly conversations yeah you know it's, it's a lot of um uh just as a quick synopsis, uh, one of the main characters is a human uh, who realizes that uh, Earth is going to be destroyed because they're making an interstellar, um, basically, uh, highway. Well, goes... yeah, so that's even funny to me because yeah. he's, it's not, so it's not the Earth man that knows. So Arthur yeah. Dent is the, the guy in, in England and he oh, wakes yeah. up and his house is being demolished uh, yes. for a for a bypass, right? Just in his local government, they they're they're going through, and one of like there's just a constant exchange that he has with the the constable who who's basically making sure that he leaves the property, and he he's laying in front of the bulldozer, right? Yeah, and they're like, "Well, sir, your this notice has been up for I forget how long, but it's a series of months. And he's like, yeah, and it was behind several locked doors padlocked into the cabinet in a dark room that was not labeled in the basement. Like, yeah. how am I supposed to know? How? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then his friend, a guy named Ford Prefect, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. he is a, this is where he gets introduced because he knows that the Vogons are on their way to destroy Earth much for the same reason for an intergalactic bypass. Yeah. Um, but Ford is a researcher for the Hitchhiker's Guide, which the Hitchhiker's Guide is, uh, it's almost like the, he's, he describes it in a way that it's almost like an iPad, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, I think that's how it would be portrayed if you were to, to make this movie today, right? Yeah. It's, it's I mean, an it's, iPad. It's like a Wikipedia. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's like a Wikipedia. And it has all of this collected information. Um, but it's it's information that other hitchhikers have input. So right. sort of along the lines of Wikipedia where it's edited. You can like add in your own sort of um, uh, information and posts and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And and the, the funny thing about Ford to me is that like all of this comes out in bits and pieces, but like he he um has been stranded on earth because earth is kind of seen as this backwater planet yeah. so he's been stranded on earth for 15 years posing as as this like unemployed actor i think yeah um and so yeah arthur dent has known him for 15 years and it's just it's suddenly like oh hey i'm an alien, <laughs> I'm an alien. We, we're, yeah. let, let me save your life let's get off this planet um but but uh, the the exchange at the beginning of the book I think is is uh, one of the first like oh this is hilarious there's that Monty Python Doctor Who humor there is that the the bureaucrat that that is arguing with Arthur Dent um, Ford basically convinces Mr. Prosser uh, who who is the name of the, the bureaucrat to yeah. get in front of the the bulldozer for him. Yeah. He's like, well, look, like you're resigned to be here all day, right? And Arthur's like, yes. And he goes, you're resigned to be here all day, right? Mm -hmm. and he's like, well, yes. He's like, well, why don't I? Me and my friend need to go grab a, a few pints at the pub. Why don't you lie down in front of the bulldozer? Since, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. mm -hmm. Um, and and so he agrees to do that. 
which I mean, the the construction crew just starts demolishing the house because yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah, like I lays down until they get out of earshot, and then he gets up and. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they're they're trying to get beer because to do the use the the intergalactic thumb to hitch a ride. Yeah, um, transported, is- it kind of makes you feel weird. So they they just I forget how much beer they drink. It's an unreasonable it's a lot, amount of beer yeah. in a short amount of time. Yeah. Um but yeah, they get picked up by Vogons. Um <laughs> who, who make them listen to like poetry yeah they write literally the worst poetry yeah in the universe um other than well other than um one person on earth who uh adams was kind of taking a dig at because this person is an actual poet on earth in england at the time that he was writing so oh yeah yeah it's like yeah the uh the only person slightly less worse than them were this author. Screw this poet. But yeah, so so in the meantime, uh, yeah, the Vogons pick them up, or actually, a, 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 it's a cook uh, on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Pick them up. Uh, the Vogons make them listen to poetry and then shoot them out of an airlock because they are not big on picking up hitchhikers. Yeah. And this is where Stuart's favorite character comes yeah. in. Um, because, and, and honestly, this is probably one of the cooler sci-fi inventions, I think. Um, yeah, the uh, the Heart of Gold. Yeah, so the Heart yeah. of Gold is a ship that this guy has. He's the president of the galaxy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he feels, he's stolen the spaceship. And um, I just love how he like steals it because he's like going for like a press a press conference or something along those lines. Yeah, and he just like takes it. <laughs> he's like, yeah, this uh, this seems really fun. But um, but yeah, no, the the ship is really cool because it in and this is a way that Adams can kind of yeah. kind of already just go ahead and explain away anything. So it's like, wait a minute, is that the way this ship is powered is by something that he calls the infinite improbability drive. Yeah. Or, it it travels instantly anywhere by passing through every point in the universe and so the way it works is that like if something can happen it will right mm-hmm. and so yeah. this ship experiences it so ford and arthur are shoved out this airlock and they're shot out of this airlock and right. then the ship just happened to be traveling through that one point where they're right. at the particular point yeah. yeah because it's the infinite uh, probability yeah, yeah. And yeah, so Zaphod is is related somehow to Ford. I forget how. Um, uh, I think they're cousins or or oh, uh, just cousins, cousins. semi cousins. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, have no idea what semi cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think you're either a cousin or you're not. I don't. I think you're a semi cousin. Um, uh, but yeah, so they they pick him up. Um, the Vogons destroy the Earth. Yep. Um, and then the, how do they get to Magrathea? It's been a second uh, since I've read this because what happens then is they, 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 they get picked up in space. They end up on the ship. They introduce Trill yeah. and Zaphod and Marvin, the paranoid android. Oh, was it because of the two nuclear missiles? 
yes. So yeah, okay. yeah. Did one of them turn into some like? Yeah. So what happens is they, yeah, they they um. They go to a planet that is. They go to Magrathia, and it is famous for a planet where people can custom make their own planets. Kind of like yeah. if you're rich enough today, you can kind of build your own custom private island. Yeah. Which is weird. Um, you can build your own custom planet. Yeah. Yeah. So. They get shot out of the or, uh, nukes. Get shot at the heart of gold, um, and then the missiles, because they're firing off the infinite improbability drive, they are transformed into a whale and then a bowl of petunias that has, oh, yeah. has yeah. the thought "not again" right before it crashes into the ground, um, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> to me. Um, that gets explained later, um, spoilers, but it's in another book. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then they get picked up, um, having crash landed on this planet by uh, Slardavarkfast. Yeah. Who is r- really gross name. I'm sorry, like Slardavarkfast. Yeah. Like it, it sounds. Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, so he's a Macrothean, and yeah. he, he reveals to them that they have been reawakened, um, because they, they, they had put themselves, I think, in, in, uh, in, in a stasis, in stasis. The, um, the recession, yeah. Right, right, and so, so he, uh, they, they were woken up because, I mean, that would be kind of nice. Put yourself in stasis until houses become, like, affordable. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, because, like, making a custom planet is, like, ungodly expensive. And so, uh, yeah, like, that's this is what these people do. Um, which it it's unveiled that Slard of Arkfest, uh won an award for creating the fjords on Earth. Fjords, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but apparently uh, he, he reveals to the, uh, the group that earth was initially commissioned by mice yeah who were the most intelligent species on earth which is again hilarious um and it there's there's a weird time jump here where he's explaining what happened and the in 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 the very very far off past um you know beings that were the ancestors of mice which are these these super super smart uh multi-dimensional beings uh, created a supercomputer yeah deep. Mm-hmm. um and deep thought was created to answer the the to to answer uh the ultimate question to life the universe and everything yeah um and this is where uh one of the most I think the most iconic part of this story comes. Yes, it's the one where, where that everyone knows the story for. Yeah, um, is is it it crunches numbers for millions and millions of years and millions and millions of years, and the answer that it comes up with is forty two. Yeah, and it's like 40. and the people are like, wait, for what forty two? What? Yeah, and deep thought goes well. Uh, 
if you don't know the question, then the answer doesn't make sense. So the Earth is basically, it's revealed that Earth is a custom-made supercomputer designed to calculate the question to which the number 42 will make sense. So what is the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything? Um, and it was five minutes from finishing the task uh, of calculating that when the Vogons destroyed it. Destroyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, seven million years just down the drain. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> now, the book kind of just ends because the radio show kind of just ended. Like it, it was only six episodes. Yeah. Um, they uh they end up they end up in the restaurant at the end of the universe which is actually really cool i forget again it's been a while since i've read this i forget where how far they get into the description of the universe the restaurant at the end of the universe but it's it's a uh, like a high class restaurant that's themed like a diner kind of and outside yeah. of a view screen, people can watch the literal end of the universe. Like, it's just on a loop, right? Yeah. <laughs> you can do that with relativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's and that's the book. Like, the, the, the people um, leave Magrathea. Um, no, they get chased off of Magrathea because it'll actually be much cheaper and much quicker for them to... Uh, I think liquefy Arthur and read his DNA or read his brain or something. Yeah, right? to like um, yeah. replicate the um, Earth and everything. Yeah, like yeah. so, so um, yeah, so so they they uh, chase them off, um, and yeah, they leave the planet and end up at the restaurant at the end of the universe, which. The sequel to this is Restaurant at the End of the Universe. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, now, did you ever play any of the, like, adventure games for this when it came out? I did not. Um, I didn't know that there were any adventure games. Uh, well, I mean, there were a cu- so there, there were a couple in the 80s, but they're those, like, text-based games where you have to, like, answer questions and control someone around. Oh, I just didn't know if, like, like you had... No, no, they, these are text-based, so oh, so okay. it's like... Uh, I never played any, like, text-based games. Yeah, I just didn't know if maybe your schools had, had some preloaded on them. Like, I, I know when I was in, in, like, elementary and middle school, the computer labs had, like, really old software oh, on cool. them yeah, that no. you could dick around with. I've never played them. I've seen screens from it, and it's like, eh, it's, yeah, it's a text-based game. Cool. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so I really enjoyed this book. Um, yeah. And I really think that it's probably because of just the humor that's in the book. Like the book, I think, is more focusing on getting a laugh than actual story, which yeah is, you know, is something that... I, I enjoy I enjoy a good story, but I also enjoy like just kind of zoning out and laughing at a couple of funny references and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
I do think that the book could have been a little bit longer and could have like been a little bit more tight. Uh, I do think that there's some moments where it just kind of spins its own wheels. If yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there there's a lot um, in there where. I don't know how it would have come up in the radio show because I've never heard the radio show. Mm-hmm. Um, it translates better to a visual medium. I have um, on DVD in, in a, a copy of the, it was, again, a six episode series of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm-hmm. um, that, that was from, from 81. And it translates pretty well visually, but I don't know how well it translates in an audio format. So like a lot of the stuff where Slard of Arkfast is um explaining the background of why the earth was there like i I don't know how much of that was in the actual radio show because it just kind of would shift into nowhere (laughs) yeah yeah it's just kind of like an info dump a little bit yeah yeah Um, have you seen the um the 2005 movie movie? yeah i think it's i think it's a good movie i mean you know, for a book adaptation, I felt yeah. like they hit a lot of the uh, high points. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's this book is so short that it's kind of hard to not cover everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some bits they cut out here and there, but it's like, I I mean, they, like you said, they, they kind of slow down the plot. Yeah, I think <laughs> they even, like, steal some of the uh, more popular, like... Uh, moments from other books like um i believe they have the dolphin saying thank you for all the fish yeah so long and thanks for all the yeah yeah which uh, was that in the first book or was that in uh that is in the first book but it's the name of the let me look up the orders that is the name of the fourth book the fourth book okay okay Yeah. yeah So, because you the know, dolphins left Earth, or were, yeah, were they like, just decided to leave Earth right before the planet blew up. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of funny because, like, in the movie, at least, they were referencing, like, oh, all the dolphins are leaving. I wonder why all the dolphins are going. It's like, yeah. oh, well, they, they knew what was up. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing an adaptation. Now Now that the, because, the, like, the book series is complete, well, Adams died before he could complete it, but mm-hmm. um, there's the the sixth book was released after his death. That was finished by uh, Ian Colfer, who is a a comics writer and an author of children's books, largely. Mm. Um, yeah, was so it? I've never read that one. I've I've read through the you know the first five. Um, I, I think this is the strongest. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this could have probably been literally a trilogy if he had bundled the first two books together, the second two yeah. books together, and then the third the third set together. Yeah. I mean, I do remember when I first read this book, I was a little disappointed in the ending that there wasn't like... Yeah, it just kind of ends, right? Yeah. There's no like... <laughs> big resolution or anything along those lines but i don't remember why i didn't like 
continue on with with the series or anything along those lines. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're you know, I say this with everything that we cover, but you know, your mileage may vary with it. This is one for me though that that is. Um, I know I keep bringing up Monty Python, but like I I think it's because I discovered these two those two things like at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the same age and honestly it's it's that it's one of those books that like it's the ridiculous humor it's the like um... well it's the ridiculous humor but i think it's also like a time in your life where you discover something new and you're like oh this thing can operate in this way yeah <laughs> it's like you know obviously you know that comedy is a thing and you know that sci-fi is a thing and then you read this and it's like, oh, you can have comedy in your sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and the world opens up to you. This is probably one of the, the last few things that that um, that happened with on like a scale like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, so yeah, and... this is one I have I have very good thoughts and feelings for. Yeah. And it definitely has that like nostalgia sort of feel to it. Yeah. Um just i feel like a lot of the references are classic um you know maybe it's my nostalgia that makes me like the book a little bit more than yeah is it's probably justified but like you know with my friends we ended up all kind of like reading the same book and you know being able to like throw out these references with like bringing a towel or like the answer to life, the universe and everything in between. And I I feel like it's a very iconic book, but I'm not sure like how many people continue on with the rest of the series or just kind of end here because there was never a, a second movie that was made or. No, it doesn't play as well in America. I don't think. Um, it's because i remember it coming out let me let me see did did it put up some numbers because i want to say yeah so it made it had a budget of 50 million and it it the box office was 104.5 which is not um, great yeah great um because that i mean that's probably they just made money back considering how how heavily it was advertised and yeah um it's funny i i don't know if you've uh if you remember the way they do because sam rockwell plays zaphod in the movie and he kind of has his second because zaphod um is a character with three arms and two heads yeah right like this Um, is a very ridiculous character yeah and so he he disguises himself a lot of the time like he normally doesn't have both heads out right Mm -hmm. so like they they have him in disguise mainly in the movie because you know they could have cg'd it but if you do a quick google search for zaphod Beeblebrox um mm-hmm. from the 80 1981 um bbc show like they have this character wear that secondary puppet head for <laughs> the series and it's amazing it's amazing that they went that hard in 1981 to bbc yeah. dollars that they're like yeah we're just gonna make this guy wear this dumb looking head well i mean gosh yeah i'm looking at it's so cool though is there an eye patch 
patch and everything. Yeah, yeah the second one's wearing an eye patch. Next time we hang out in person, we're, we're going to have to sit and watch this because it's amazing if you've never seen it. I have not seen the BB, uh, BBC one. Yeah, I don't even know if the discs work or not because it's been years since I've actually fired them up. But, yeah. but yeah, I got them in a Tower Records when that was a thing you could do. That was a thing, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, I guess... Is there anything else you'd like to add to this? No, I mean or? that's that that's just it. I mean, like it's, it's it's a short book. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting too long of a. It's a short book, and I know we yeah. synopsized a lot of it, but like I, I the, the honestly the episode would be a little bit shorter because it's I have no like criticisms of this book other than there are some like the series that it is in could have been condensed some. Yeah. Like this, this book is the one like, um, I guess perfect spot in the series where it's just like, just enough humor. There, there's a couple p bits that that drag here and there, but it's like, mm -hmm. you've you've got to also make sure that people can follow why your characters are going from point A to point B. <laughs> yeah, I mean there are some like, well, I mean there's a lot of MacGuffins, a lot of like, yeah, you have to go here to get this thing, so start going uh, right. and things along those lines but um i i feel like the the strength is in the conversations i think the strength is in a lot of like uh, yeah the dialogue characters. in this is fantastic yeah i think the dialogue is hilarious and fantastic and i i find like exploring with arthur because everything's new with arthur so yeah he is experiencing everything for the first time and you know as the reader you are seeing a lot of these things through his eyes yeah. and everything's so bombastic so like out of this world <laughs> out of this world. yeah well like like it? there's there's some cool yeah there's some cool stuff in this like um Stuff that honestly I wish existed, and I think people keep trying to make exist, but yeah. I, I don't know how it would happen. But like the the way they explain away, yeah, this is how Arthur can ex like understand all of these different aliens and just yeah. wave it is a thing called a babblefish, which is yeah. a it's a um a living that, thing that they put it's in a parasite. It's a, yeah, parasite. it's a parasite that you know it lives off your body, but in exchange, it gives you all it. it yeah, it's able to translate everything for you. Yeah, and, like basically the way... And they get it out of a vending machine, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, it's in the 60s, like... um, you could buy diet pills that were basically the gelatin capsules, but they were filled with the scolex or the head of a tapeworm. <laughs> only tapeworms are... Yeah, only yeah. tapeworms are disgusting. Don't don't ever do that. Um, I think you can still get those uh, somewhere, but but like they, they, you could get those from vending machines in the sixties. But um, babblefish is interesting because yeah, like it's a creature that they just put in their head and it eats their brain waves and translates mm -hmm. alien languages as poop. Yeah, <laughs> like that's the byproduct, and so they're just like, because <laughs> I think Arthur's like, well, why does why can I? 
Why can I understand languages and words? You don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it too much. Yeah, no, the alien languages are are poop. Like, it's pooping out meaning into your head. (laughs) And it's just, again, those, like, bombastic sort of um, experiences, I think, are the ones that, like, drive you into the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where it was, you know, Adams was such a, a weird, like, the story is so i focus a lot on like world building Mm -hmm. and it's just so off the wall strange but like it works it works in the in the universe that that uh douglas adams has given us you know these uh, there's very little ground rules but the rules that are there seem to govern a lot of um the story so so I think it's I think it was one of the uh, more interesting books that I stumbled upon when I was a young child. So I it, it's always hold it's always held a a warm place in my heart, where it's something that I will go back and read, but I don't know if that is common for everybody. I think that, you know, if somebody started reading this book now, I'm not sure if they would get the same sort of feeling that I have, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. Like, it's, I don't know if this is a book that is going to die necessarily because i mean it's it's been translated into dozens of languages um like i i don't think it's ever not been in print but i see what you're saying i I feel like it's it's dated enough that sales of yeah like it's it's probably dated enough that like i i don't know if there are many people like younger than us that will pick this up and be like oh yeah this is funny they'd be like oh yeah haha i've i've seen these jokes and references elsewhere and it's like yeah but it's this is the original the original where it came from yeah 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 um but you know personally for myself i give it a solid b i think it's a, a book that i would recommend to somebody if they had never you know read this um and i think it's a book that um i usually come back to yeah you know i don't come back to it every every year or anything along those lines but you know i i feel like it is a a good book to just kind of have read and been like oh yes i've i've read this book and you know i get where these references are coming from and either you really enjoy that or you don't yeah i am well i'm surprised you gave it just a b i i gave it an a plus (laughs) this to me this is one of those and the reason why is that like this to me is one of those like um one of those like classic works of Mm sci-fi where it's you know, it's not one that I return to often, like you said, um, because it's a very short story. It's a very simple story. Um, and I have good memories about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like this. 
it's it's just a a classic work of of sci-fi um novel and so it it feels weird to give it anything lower (laughs) to me like well what have i done to really (laughs) i mean you know (laughs) the thing is like there are some flaws in it yeah definitely some flaws where i don't think it's as tight as it could have been oh sure sure um i definitely think that they a lot of things could have been condensed Um, yeah i feel like yeah it didn't need to be like six books it could have been three Three. it could have been three (laughs) yeah i i do feel like the ending's a little like not just well i guess rushed but a part of it part of it too i think is that like it's based on a six episode radio show and so Mm. you're just gonna have to finish it up quick my son Uh, you know because because like in i I don't know how long the radio show episodes are my guess is that they're probably 20 ish minutes Mm mm-hmm yeah that makes sense i yeah. think yeah i think they're probably that long and um yeah but other than that like i really enjoyed the book but again i uh, and it's hard because like i'm not sure if i'm low balling it because i don't want to have like i don't want to be blinded by nostalgia yeah, and you don't want to, like, super hype it to people that might not enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I just, I worry about, like, the, this younger generation, like, actually, I, you know, I'm not sure if it's flashy enough, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, I, again, I, I give it a solid B, maybe a B plus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick by my A plus. I I will okay. gladly be blinded by the 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 rose tinted glasses of nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Well, uh, with that, um, I guess our next book club book is my choice, and so, uh, I'm gonna hop back on my Stephen King shit. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> then we're gonna we're gonna go through uh 1984's eyes of the dragon um, something that i guarantee is wholly unlike anything else he's written <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's uh much different but <laughs> yeah we can uh we can talk about that next time um and yeah stay what was it we used to say stay golden uh, or or stay thirsty for books. Stay thirsty or... for books. <laughs> no, we don't have to go with that one. <laughs> Only read thirst trap books. <laughs> Just read <laughs> nothing but uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Only read internet porn. Only go to, uh, what is it? Fanfic. No. Fanfic. Fanfictioncentral.porn. There you go. You can learn all about, um, oh, what was the, Belzebub or Zaphod. Zaphod be my rock. I'm sure there's probably fanfic of. Uh, 
Is there? Let's see. Zaphod <laughs> rocks. Fan they also have a uh, human companion, right? Yeah, Trillion. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. I bet there's um, a thing between the two. Oh, Buddy is there. So, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, oh no. At, at Archive of Our Own, it's the slash fiction is Zaphod Beeblebrock slash Reader. Ooh. ooh so, um, so, yeah, here are the trigger tag warnings on it is that okay. it involves scars. What? Scars. What, what's a s- scars? Like scars. Yeah, like like the remnants of wounds. Oh, um, oh scars. Oh, I thought you were saying scarves. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't... Well, I mean, maybe. Know. So it's, it's scars, it's uh, tenderness, it's oh. arguing, okay. it is fight sex, oh, it's smut, okay. eventual smut, wall sex, rough sex, plot with... Plot what plot slash porn without plot. So my guess is that the reader is actually Trillion, I'm assuming. I don't, maybe, I'm not 100% sure. I guess. Um, Interesting. Interesting. So well, there's well, another one where it's le- it's it's like specified that it's the Sam Rockwell Zaphod. Mm. Ex-reader ex fic. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So if you were down for some uh, scars, tenderness, arguing, fight sex, smut, eventual smut, wall sex, rough sex with Zaphod Eagle Crocs, <laughs> then buddy, Google has some places for you to go. Cause... There you go. <laughs> um, and then you can have your thirsty reads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Read thirst traps. Only thirst traps. <laughs> Thirst traps like a two-headed, three-armed man who is a criminal and also the president. I mean, a person can do a lot of things with those three hands. That is true. They, and they those two do. heads. Oh. Yeah. 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 Well, they're not. They're not movable. They're, I, I, I think that there's there's less there than than you're thinking of. <laughs> uh, but anyway, cool. okay. <laughs> this one would. A real weird turn. It took a real, real weird right turn, huh? Or left turn, I guess. Hey, you know, wherever the um, infinite probability drive takes us, that's that's where we go. Exactly. I mean, right. there must have been a reason that we went this way. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, stay hoopy, you fruits out there. Yeah, and try to find yourself a three-armed person who... We'll give you some good, good luck. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.